All right, take two. <laughs> Is there a word for that thing when you... Yeah, we're going to give people... Uh, uh, open the kimono a little bit and let people know that we're doing this for a second time. But this just happened. Uh, what is there a word for the thing when you open up up in a bot? God damn it! We're gonna do it a third time. Uh, we are because we don't like swears on this show. <laughs> well, we'll make an exception here. Is there a word for that thing when you take an open bottle of wine out of the fridge and you're like, "Yeah, there's barely a glass left in here," and you start to pour it and you realize um, that is very much not the case. There should be a name for that, you know. Yeah, well, I th- think that's something we can outsource to the listeners and then get back to us and they can, um, they can at, what's your Twitter thing? Do you use My Twitter? Twitter ha- Have you so ever use, tweeted? Use what? Have you ever tweeted? Tweet, tweet, tweeter, Twitter. Um, I, I think I've posted some things maybe, but I'm, I'm mostly a, um, Twitter viewer, I guess. Is, is there a name for that? Uh, I think you still count as a monthly active user, so I think that's all. Um, I was going to say Ted Lasso, but no, what's his name? Which one are you thinking of? No, it's. It, I was thinking of uh, Dick Costolo, the former CEO, but then also Jack Dorsey is not named Ted either. So, yeah, I'm, I'm out of sorts today. But anyway, okay. The reason I talk, I bring up the wine thing is that uh, we are overdue to talk about Ted Lasso, and um, I believe I have it on good authority that you are all caught up. Correct? I am. Yes. So one, uh, Rebecca has a very, very nice wine fridge and I really want her apartment, townhouse, duplex. I don't know what it's called in the UK when you have like one of those row houses. Is it? I think flat just means apartment, right? You know, I'm still trying to figure out the difference between um, like dessert and a biscuit. I've watched, I think, eight or nine seasons of The Great British Baking Show. A biscuit is a cookie. Yeah, but it's sort of like, maybe I'm not describing this actually quite right, but it seems to me like the phrase dessert is only used like in certain contexts or to refer to certain types of sweet foods. The the point is I don't Mm. understand any sort of the terminology used around British baking or what we would call sort of like dessert foods. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, I know that that's top of mind now because the great British baking show is, is coming back um, here in the States on Friday. So well, let's put a pin in that for, for 10 seconds. I just Googled to try to find the answer and try to outfox you a little bit, but it didn't work because 24 traditional British desserts. I can't tell if the satire number two, jam, roly poly three knickerbocker glory. Like I, I think this is all made up, but it might it might not be though. Um I think it was the very, very first episode of that show that the lady friend and I ever watched, which I don't know if it was necessarily season one, but it was it was early on anyway. And it was like the first week and it was the first thing that they baked and it was like, Oh, we're baking pies. And I I thought, Oh, you know, great, you know, I'm gonna see an <laughs> apple pie or maybe a you know, a nice cherry pie. Or a meat pie. Yeah, a bunch of minced meat pies, which I, was something I guess maybe I was vaguely aware of prior to that, but had never really seen much of or thought a whole lot about. What's shepherd's pie? Is that a meat pie? It maybe. Is it a doesn't meat pie really consisting have... of cooked minced meat topped with mashed potato. Yeah, I know it's big in Canada, but it's also, yeah, yikes. 
Real quick, anyway, Ted link, Lasso. Mm-hmm. Sent you a link to Knickerbocker Glory, which somehow seems like they've some they've managed to ruin uh, even the most simple ice cream sundae. So this has never appeared on the Great British Baking Show, as far as I can remember. That was Great British Bake Off, or is that a different thing? That is what it's referred to as in the UK, and the Great British Baking Show is oh, is there what a it's trademark referred dispute to or here. something? I think it's just a branding thing, I guess. Mm. Okay. Well, anyway, my, my whole point was with Rebecca. Um, one very, I sent you a screenshot, which I don't know if you can put that on Imgur or something. I sent it like two weeks ago, but she has like built into her like a cabinetry, like a very, very, very sleek, tall um, wine fridge, and I'm very, very envious of that. But yeah, I don't know what you'd call a house that, because in Britain, like when you have like a street in London, like most of the houses are kind of mostly like all connected or basically all touching each other, right? uh sure okay <laughs> anyway i want her house so uh but beyond that there have been a couple of plot points this season that i have some questions about or need need clarification on so there's a whole thing where and also spoilers for let's say five and a half minutes so you can just mash that 30 second skip button if you haven't caught up <laughs> All right, so the big thing is that I didn't I didn't watch the trailer for this season, but I think one of the things that was alluded to in it was like they're getting a new sponsor. And that ended up unfolding with Sam getting some news or, or his father telling him that the current sponsor, which was Emirates Air or something like that, was... It, yeah, like I was, think it was a parody version of Emirates Air, basically. Oh, is that the real airline? Emirates is the real airline. Yeah, oh, okay, I think they it. had some fictional like Dubai Air or show. something like that. Yeah, right. Okay. That Sam, who is from, I, I, I don't know to be sure, but um, the parent company of Dubai Air was, was like owned by an oil conglomerate. There's, there's a whole thing going. So anyway, it's like Sam get, uh, gets like an activist streak going to him and gets uh, Rebecca to pull out of an ad campaign forum and they go on looking uh they go on the lookout for a new sponsor. And the new one, I don't I didn't really totally get how the the banter thing came about. Like Keely ends up being a marketing person for it. Like it's not her app, right? Like she just happens to work for the company to promote it, right? I, I think that's right. Yeah. So I feel like there's like a lot of stuff missing here. So so then banter, which is like a Bumble or Tinder knockoff where I, if you, you can correct me, the premise is there are no photos. That's the deal. Correct. Okay. Right. So one text only. So a lot of that doesn't make any sense. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, but so how does an app that's probably very, very small. I mean, is, is, am I just maybe overestimating how big a deal Richmond is? Like, are they just like a very, very, very insignificant team now? I think you're way overthinking it. Okay. <laughs> but the, I, I mean, I get why it is on the jerseys now, but it feels like to be the kit sponsor to use um, Britishisms, mm-hmm. it it feels like not a right product match for, for the pre- maybe prestige of a, of a, a footballer club. Uh, again, British people can go at uh, Boris Johnson. I don't care. But um, it doesn't seem like it's the right fit. Uh like economies wise but the thing about banter though the like the side plot to this is that 
Rebecca is on it because she left uh, her husband, or they, her, her and her husband split, and then she went on dating a whole bunch of people, and then Roy told her that she can do better, so she's on banter. And so is Sam, who is in his early 20s. And uh, he meets up, with, or he links up or matches with Boss Lady or whatever. So I guess the thing that doesn't make sense to me... Oh, so do, do you follow so far? Yes, I do. Okay. How... Wasn't the whole point across multiple episodes that they were barely exchanging messages and she was waiting like four days to reply and stuff? Mm-hmm. So how does that... I guess I don't see the whole, like, the build-up to how they meet. Like, just, like, there's so much stuff that was left on the table with that storyline that just doesn't make sense to me. And also, the app itself just doesn't seem like it would resonate with anybody, like, that somebody like Rebecca would ever meet up with somebody that they never share a photo with. Like, that, yeah, a lot of it just doesn't make any sense. So, hmm. I, I, it feels like you're trying to maybe ascribe too much to this show or trying to make this show like more than what it's intending to be hmm. like they're like i mean it, this i mean like... there are and it's like so i think maybe we've even touched about this on the show before where like there's different types of tv right and, and this is like no value judgment at all because you know i think each type of tv that i'm about to list here has you know value and context where it's maybe what you want to be watching but you know they're they're sort of like the um i saw this phrase recently like snackable type tv well people people use that to describe discovery plus <laughs> you know i mean yeah that's that's exactly right well, and they, they like, also less charitable well never mind I'll, there's there's less charitable ways of putting that uh, as well like yeah like stuff you can have sort of on in the background and then there'd be other types of shows that are sort of like maybe like a step up from those, not in terms of necessarily quality, but just in terms of like maybe like it's not a type of show you could really have on in the background. It'd be a show that you maybe do have to pay be pay a little bit more attention to, be a little bit more plugged into. And I feel like maybe that's sort of where like a Ted Lasso would land at sort of like whatever upper bound of quality that style of show could have because it's it's a very good show and then you have you know your your uh your your thinking shows right like your better call Saul's and your lost's and like whatever else like <laughs> oh you're gonna and it, but again like i'm not i'm not i'm separating out like quality from just like style of show where like this thinking style show Lost would be probably at the lower end of like the quality spectrum there. And then of course like Better Call Saul's would be ten out of ten there. Um so like anyway, so I guess what I'm saying is that like Ted Lasso's not a it's not intended to be this like super plot driven, like, you know, intricate show. It's meant to be a comedy, but like a I don't know, sophisticated comedy or so a that, smart that, comedy. That that I that I, I entirely get. I feel like it's it's supposed to be maybe one step uh, above like an office or a parks and rec. Exactly. Like yeah. it's, it's less it's it's still kind of fast paced, quippy stuff, but it's not I feel like it kind of straddles the line with like what people used to call dramedies. Where it's not like a full hour, but you're getting there's more plot to it and it's maybe less episodic. Like where the, the parks and rec like 
for the most part, your conflict was one and done in a single episode where a dramedy, even though this is a half hour, is much more. There's a there's an arc that happens over the course of a season, and there's it's there's more interconnection between episodes, but it's still it's still a comedy. Correct. I absolutely I absolutely take your point. I'm just saying that this one particular like plot line is just not very good or interesting. Like I like I love Sam, I love Rebecca, and I think like that actual like them somehow ending up dating or that like interplay is actually very interesting. I just feel like the whole banter concept and a lot of what Keeley does is just not well constructed in a show that most of it is well constructed i don't know that's not that's my point where we're very little of that whole arc makes any sense i i totally i agree with that and i think that this isn't even the only example in this season the first example i think comes in the very first episode where i've really enjoyed the story arc with the um psychologist Mm -hmm. doc as ted affectionately refers to her i've really really i've I've liked her character and i liked have the 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 storyline that she's been a part of but the way that she was brought onto the show with like the dog being killed in the penalty kick like that was really silly and dumb and Mm -hmm. i didn't really i didn't really like that like i wish there was a better better way to have gotten her onto the show well, I also don't like that they sometimes make Danny Rojas too simplistic a character. Right. I think it's one of the most mm-hmm. fun where, where Sam's getting a ton of depth, but a lot of the other ones don't. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, like, I mean, like, so that's, that's entirely fair. I just, yeah, again, it's just, it's bothered me so much that, um, yeah, banter makes no sense. But uh, real quick, um, sorry, did you have anything else on that? Well, not, not on that point, but I, I do have sort of um, a bone to pick with this season deal go for it and this this comes with the sort of caveat that i've actually really really liked this season and continue to super enjoy the show but the thing that really kind of bummed me out most recently is that how many episodes have there been have there been eight now how many real episodes have there been Well, we, we can maybe get to that. Well, that actually is partially what I'm about to talk about. But uh, how many total last, episodes have there, there been? Uh, let me check. Uh, it doesn't, doesn't the, really matter. It's seven check. or eight, right? Uh, we uh, The Beard episode was, uh, or the, the Beard mini movie extra special was uh, episode nine. Nine, okay. So the episode before that, episode eight, was, I think, the best episode they've done so far and really went in a very unexpected serious direction in a mm-hmm. in a incredibly effective way like i like the whole the whole thing with Jamie Tart's dad like that whole scene like i just was like you know like jaw on the floor like couldn't believe that's where the show went like it just it was so unexpected and so well done mm-hmm. and that episode was also the episode with Rebecca and Sam and like they're and they, they, you know, they played in Wembley stadium and like it was, it was such a cool episode, like visually thematically story. I mean, everything about it. It was my, my favorite episode so far. Mm-hmm. And part of, I guess the impact of this was amplified by the fact that, you know, the lady friend and I were getting caught up. So we, we watched that episode and the beard episode back to back. So it wasn't even like there was a week in between. So that probably didn't help things, but 
even if I had been caught up in real time, I, I think I would still feel the same way, just maybe to a slightly lesser degree. But it was so disappointing following up that incredibly well done and powerful episode with like an okay episode. Like I, I wasn't, I'm not vehemently opposed to it. I feel like I'm also a little bit biased being an upgrade listener and knowing that they had to shoehorn <laughs> two episodes into this season in order to fill out the, you know, the extra um, uh, episodes that it took to get to the, you know, 12 um, se- the, uh, episode the order. season order. Yeah. But, but it, yeah, it, it was just, it was so disappointing following that episode with like just a really goofy episode, like not even necessarily saying if it was good or bad, but it just, it was just goofy and it, mm-hmm. it felt so weird to really like hit you with a emotional episode and follow that up directly with just something that was just kind of weird. And yeah. missed opportunity, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I or or maybe like they they could have pushed that back an episode for right. Yeah, you know. exactly. Like, I'm I'm not opposed to the beard episode, like in concept or that it exists. But yeah, exactly. I think maybe timing wise, it just was wrong. So I I can't really speak to this because I think I told you about this without because I didn't want to include any spoilers. But I literally turned it off after six minutes. Like not that I like not that I think it was bad, but. I was hoping for an episode that progressed what was being mm-hmm. discussed. And mm-hmm. I was like, I kind of don't like, I just, I just wasn't in the mood for it and just did not care. Like I am very much into like, there are a lot of shows that will have kind of mid season. Let's explore a character. Let's do some weird stuff. And like, and I'm, I'm somebody who will like look up TV reviews online and people had mentioned um, a parallel, which I feel is, undeserved but do you remember on breaking bad there was an episode called the fly like it was like it was just uh walt and jesse in a lab and there's a fly in the like their underground like cook lab thing vaguely yeah well that was that was kind of like it was it was a weird episode where it didn't really move anything forward but it was it was very much like a character development episode and it was it was kind of neat and it's i think a lot of people um over time have learned to revere it or, or appreciate it um like and i just didn't it just wasn't what i wanted or needed and i felt like it undercut a lot of it was a pretty powerful and impactful episode and like that's kind of one of the things where when i before this season i i did the well i did i did an extra ryan what, what don't you do do we ever name your thing about before a season of something that you like comes on you rewatch the uh, penultimate and then the season finale episode of the prior season i think where we left that was i tried to call it the ryan doctrine well, that was the but you then buy I, a phone thing but then i was reminded that that's already been taken and then i, I don't Bye. think i came up with anything else <laughs> okay so um anyway so like where was i going with this wait what, what was i talking about talk about the morning show no well we're gonna get to that um no what were we just talking about which one are you uh i spaced out um no that's no, for yeah, all no, the, 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 that's no, the, the show about space god damn it you're the worst <laughs> uh this must be a no sweary episode that's why we had to do three takes um uh, just just two 
Oh, you better not leave in one of the bad ones. Um, <laughs> no, so I, I did the thing. I, I did an extra where I actually was like, I was like, you know, I have I have the day off. I have a lot of cleaning to do around the apartment. I generally don't ever watch TV without paying attention to it. But I was like, you know, I'll rewatch Ted Lasso while I'm doing a bunch of chores, and I'll kind of just like I'll flow in and out, and I'll I'll still be able to hear it, but I'm not like sitting down watching it. But like the the best part about the season finale of the first season is that um, you get a real human connection between Ted and Jamie, where you do in that uh, the season finale of season one, you get to see that Jamie's dad's a real real piece of shit. And actually, one other detail that I forgot about episode eight, the one that you mentioned being very good was that it had uh there, and do you remember the scene in the locker room where uh sam gets a call from his father and on his iphone because of course it's an iphone uh when it rings the caller id says dad and then when jamie gets a call from his dad asking for nice tickets to the game against manchester uh it has a dad in quotes mm. Mm. and there were, there were just like a lot of nice touches in that episode that i really like and that's again just why i didn't care for or or feel a a poor placement to have kind of just like a quirky weird episode about a character that i'm not like i i like beard but i also don't really eh, i'm lukewarm on it i think maybe a summary we could both agree on is that it's a bit of an uneven show like it has really really good moments and Mm -hmm. it it has which I, which are the majority of moments on the show, but it, it, it has a couple of a couple of moments or a couple of story plots that could be a a bit better, and I would also say just a little bit less. To use the same phrase I used earlier, goofy. Like I think the the dog thing at the very beginning of the season was yeah, was, goof, was goofy and dumb, and mm-hmm. I think the the beard episode was kind of silly and and not necessary. Um. Um. Rook- Oh, go ahead. Yes, I, I think that's sort of maybe the, where we land on on the show, especially for season two. A lot of good stuff, but it's it's got a couple things that you'd you'd want to change. Yeah. Uh, but to round this out, one thing that uh, this was a not a spoiler, but a joke that I wanted to discuss, but you were not caught up on, so I believe now is the only opportune uh, time to do it. <clears throat> there's an ep- there's a I think it was episodes the one right before the Manchester episode where Ted goes to visit. Uh, I forget, does she have an actual name, Doc? Well, I that's I couldn't I couldn't think of it earlier because Ted yeah. always just refers to her as Doc. Like I'm sure Rebecca like introduced her at one point or something with with an actual name, but um, he goes to her house after she is hospitalized due to a bicycle accident or whatever, <clears throat> and then she offers him uh water, and then he Ted Lasso goes with um she asks him like oh uh. I don't think she said still her sparkling. But I don't think she did. You you wish that she did, but I don't think she did. <laughs> but she did. said something where there was implication of, would you like regular water or or, or um, bubbly water or whatever? And then he says, no, quote, oh, yeah, no. I like my water like Kyrie Irving likes his earth flat. Mm-hmm. flat and I was like, right. that was a, that was a pretty good joke. And it took, uh, it took a lot of self-control and restraint to not spoil that and send that. So. <laughs> um, pretty good. But I do mm-hmm. feel like the complication with her where like there's just, it feels like really hacky where this like there's thrown in, oh, she might have a drinking problem. Like I felt like that was super lame and not well done at all. But oh, I, I actually thought I actually thought that was sort of unexpected and adds depth to her character that you wouldn't like you normally associate the 
psychologist as being this, you know, authority figure that sort of has everything under control and is is able to help other people because they're someone who is very centered and, you know, largely healthy, etc. And so I think introducing this idea that, you know, the psychologist is actually also seeing a psychologist herself and has well, that, you know, that's different. Well, so that that makes sense. Like, no, that part of where she's consulting with what, how do I have difficulty reaching this person? Like, that is great. But I feel like when Ted comes over and there's just like, uh, like four or five wine bottles on the counter, I felt like that component was inelegantly done the, to add depth but I, to the character. Well, but I feel but like I think, no, I think having, there's more to I think there's more to come there. I think similar to the moment that we had, and you know, big spoilers now. The, the the moment we had with Ted, where he you know says that you know his his dad died when he was young. Well, not just that, but yeah, um, that you know, I, I think maybe with with um, the with Doc, we'll call her Doc's character. I think maybe there's more to learn about her that might explain you know why she's having the issue that she's having. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. Um her name is Dr. Sharon Fieldstone. So I think how they they yeah, they must only say that right when they introduce her cuz that doesn't really sound really at all. <laughs> yeah. Um and I guess yeah. you know we, we should say also that in addition to me catching up with the show, the other reason it's appropriate to talk so much about Ted Lasso is that it it cleaned up at the Emmys. Yeah. I think that I think that's kind of neat. It is, but the the Emmys I don't know like if they snuck up, but I when I got there was a New York Times breaking news alert, which they are, they seem to be very generous with those these days. Um yeah, I had no idea that that was actually happening this weekend. Feels like time's just kind of a bit of a blur. But I, I, I didn't know it was happening until the day of either. And I normally am not real big on award shows and the primary reason behind that is usually because I don't I, I haven't seen a lot of the shows in the case of the Emmys or a lot of the movies in the case of the Oscars that are you know nominated and eventually win. But when there is a show that I really like or a movie that I really like that does end up winning a bunch of awards, that, that does make it kind of fun. Like it's it's fun to watch the acceptance speeches um, of these you know actors and actresses that you watch, and that that part's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. Although there was a lot of questionable stuff that happened with the Golden Globes. People tried to get on Jason Sudeikis' case for accepting an award over Zoom and a hoodie. So anyway. <laughs> well, was it, like, that was like he was like actively filming season two, wasn't he, at the time? Yeah, but people tried to uh, cancel him over it. So it was, yeah, mm. a day on Twitter. He seems, he seems like a good dude. He does. Yeah. Don't, don't cancel Jason Sudeikis. Correct. Um, and then one last thing before we get into real business. Last week we talked about, um, a new, uh, uh, emerging subscription, a vital subscription offering from the Roomba Corporation. Oh, Roomba Plus? It was iRobot Select, <laughs> which was, right. you know, I, uh, uh, style points for not saying plus. Um, wait, did you watch the morning show yet? I have not. No, but I, the... I guess it was, I think it was Mike on Upgrade spoiled, I think, the joke that you're about to mention. Which one was that? The, uh, whatever the, um, 
whatever the show they work on is called plus right oh they were that they yeah he, he was like uba plus uba plus, and then he was talking yeah. to somebody he's like oh, i can there's a free trial if you can't scrape together the 7.99 i was that was a pretty good line no can, can i can i spoil the first five seconds and it's not a plot point it's just very funny and relevant to yeah, our show I, i'm yeah i'm not i'm not real precious about that show that's fine within the first five seconds i they so they it doesn't matter where what the context was or where the show left off, but it but it starts right after the big announcement or season finale. Why am I protecting for spoilers for this show? Yet we talked about Ted Lasso for fifteen minutes. Anyway, um, what the in the first line out of somebody's mouth is is Guy Fieri still in the green room? And I was like, oh, I'm I'm very happy to be watching this. Was, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah that's good. Because apparently he oh. he was uh, when they're doing their whole thing with the studio head. Um, Apparently, Guy Fieri was going to do a segment with um, Alex and um, what's his face or what's her face, um, Bradley Cooper. Anyway, uh, but it, it, for the subscription thing, have you heard about the the Brad, Bradley Cooper? Is that really her name? Or are you or are you thinking of no? The... That, that's a that's a joke from I couldn't remember when we talked about this last year. Uh, Bradley <laughs> Jackson. Oh, that's yeah, that's it. I thought her name was Brenda. You said it was Bradley, and I made the word association because I my brain doesn't work at full speed anymore to to be honest i was about a half a second from just not even picking up on that because i'm i'm so bad with actually both real names and character names that i kind of was like nodding like oh yeah yeah we have bradley cooper and then it takes you know, me like, wait no that's not right <laughs> it takes me meeting somebody four and a half times to remember their name it's not it's not very good <laughs> um, oh man yeah Anyway, but important subscription news business, and then we'll get to actual business. So I'll send you a link. So this is a regional specialty. Mm, so yeah. I feel, I feel like mm. you... Do you know people in Arizona? I think you might. So this... I don't know. I I, I have some family in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. So you might have a reason to go to Tucson. And because uh, that is the only area in the United States where you can uh, beta test. Ooh, um, my, my family is in Tucson. <laughs> uh, so you can go to uh, Speedway Boulevard. Is is Tucson where they have all the, was that the pilot area for the Waymo stuff or was that Scottsdale? That's Scottsdale. Yeah. But yeah, apparently you can get a, uh, you can get tacos as a service now by purchasing the Taco Lovers Pass um, and you get a taco a day for 30 days. Um, I do not, I have not been able to find how much the pass actually costs and this is only to be live for 10 weeks and you are allowed to have the best period month period ever where you can redeem a taco every 30 days or wait, no one taco every day for 30 days. But the, I, the real reason I want to talk about this is that in like an homage to Darth on here where I feel, but although I do feel like it's a more elevated palette than this, but if you scroll down to the choose your taco section, it looks like they straight up have something that's basically just tater tots and a flour tortilla and the spicy potato soft taco. Um, feels like something I, I would uh, try, but have too much self-respect to try. I don't know. But um, <laughs> but you are allowed to get um, with this taco uh, T, capital T, lowercase a, lowercase a, s, um, tacos as a service you can get uh the doritos locust taco and supreme which as far as i can tell from the picture is the only difference is it has probably what could be vaguely described as sour cream on it i don't know but so you know i i very much you know enjoy 
Taco Bell. I mean, more more like the well, idea of Taco Bell because well, yeah, I don't. But you never. I don't go. ever really. I never go. Um, but I, you know, I appreciate. I appreciate what it is they're doing out there. What is it that? Well, sorry. Hold on. Put a pin in that. What is it? Quote that they are doing out there. Well, I mean, I, I can give you an example. They have a location on the strip in Las Vegas where already the, checked out. The, where the second story is a chapel. That yeah, you yeah, yeah we, we've talked about this. we talked about the wedding that people have had there. That that's not a good thing. I'm 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 kind of into that. Um, not enough but, to do yourself. <laughs> no, no, not not so much. Um, <laughs> so you're, so you're not really into it. You're into I'm, it for other I'm, people. I'm into it from a distance. Mm-hmm. I'm on the uh, the sidelines, as you would say. Oh, okay. Um, Wearing a Bose headset and deflating footballs. Uh, deflating footballs, exactly. The full time um, lasso. Or wait, what's his name? The guy, Bob Bob Belichick. Bob Belichick, right? Yeah. The so the, so the taco lovers pass. I like. I don't want to just hate on this, but I, I'm going to hate on this a little bit. I feel like this is sort of a scam because Ooh. things like you, a gym membership. <laughs> it's a reverse gym membership. Tungle that. Maybe we'll come back to that. Um, I, I don't know when the last time you've been to Taco Bell, Carlos, but Eugene, Oregon, 18 months ago, and then not <laughs> for another decade. Uh yeah, three hundred and ninety six days ago, but who's counting? Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's that's not eighteen months. Anyway, um, <laughs> one taco, which is what this taco lovers pass allocates to you on a daily basis, it is 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 nothing. It's not even a snack. So it's like you're going to inevitably order something else. So I feel like your odds of going to a Taco Bell showing them your pass which i'd love to know if you could like put an apple wallet or something that'd be kind of neat um (laughs) and walking out of there having not spent any money seems very unlikely to me because if you buy one crunchy taco or one soft taco supreme trademark i just don't think that's going to be enough food to again even count as a snack Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that's fair. But conversely, you can also have like the Tacolicious experience where you can similarly get something that doesn't fill you up that costs $16 for... Yeah, Tacolicious Taco is very expensive. That's It's very good, but it's very expensive. There's no way to go out there without spending at least $35 as an individual. <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not wrong. Yeah, you're not wrong. So... According to reddit.com slash r slash Taco Bell, uh, the tacos lover pass question mark. How much for a subscription question mark? Uh, it depends on location. It was $10. I don't know how much, how much do, how much does a basic minimum viable taco at Taco Bell cost just off menu? I, I, I think it's $2 like a, probably. A, a, I don't even think it's even that much. No, there's no way it, it starts with a one. I think, I think so. Well, I feel like Taco, because Taco Bell is one of those things where it's because it's a Yum Brands property, and it's kind of like the KFC syndrome where they try to give you a box of just shit. Like they they, <laughs> they don't because KFC is famous for <laughs> they're famous for they made a thing called Famous Bowls. Oh with, yeah, I, I remember those. Yeah, where that was basically just it was like all their terrible side dishes and like the parts of the chicken that nobody wanted and they <laughs> just mashed it together in this 
disgusting thing that's kind of like it's it it's kind of like if you just take congress and you put it into a styrofoam that is what the kfc famous bowl was <laughs> you hear that mitch mcconnell so anyway so that's that's where like taco bell i think they have a thing where they like the whole point is that you just go and you order like the combo thing and it's like a six dollar box and you get like three hard shell tacos and a a crunch wrap supreme and a I'm very, I'm sorry, I'm very judgy about Taco Bell. They're yeah, I like options. these. Just go to McDonald's. I, I mean, like, it, McDonald's is, is it's fine, but at least it's allegedly food. I like these episodes where you've poured yourself a slightly too large glass of wine. You're a little, little punchy. No, no, I, I still, I have, I have, dr- <laughs> again, that, that bottle, that, that glass of wine was maybe one and three quarters of a normal pour, and I have uh, drink. Uh, I've consumed 15% of that. So it's not that. It's more the fact that I just came off a run and I'm very tired. Mm. Um, anyway, so this, I, I, I think this is, this is fun. But also, Taco Bell always, be, like, I, I, the one thing I dislike about their whole deal, it's like them and T-Mobile. They, they are very big into sponsoring sports events. And there's always the whole dumb steal a base, steal a taco. Or there's always some, there's just two times a year. That for some reason, you can go to a Taco Bell between 4 to 6 p.m. on a fucking Wednesday, depending on participation, and you can get, like, a free taco for some reason. And I never understand why, and it just feels lame. I, I, don't, I don't know. Have you ever participated in one of those? Because there's always, like, hey, the Warriors won. Go get a free taco. I, I don't. I it think seems like I'm... something you might do. <laughs> no offense <laughs> to you, but, but it feels like you're you, for you for the whimsy of it you might just do it for the experience because you're, you're, you're a Disney guy. You're all, all about the experiences. You're, yeah, you're, you're not, you continue to be not wrong. Um, I think one year for the world series. So the, the steel, steel a base, steel a taco thing. I, I may have gone to my local Taco Bell <laughs> establishment. You went to Target and, and gotten, you went to the Novato Trader or Taco Bell before getting the freeway. Well, this would have been still in my San Francisco days, so this might have been the oh, um, but that's the, the, the Taco Bell combo. Lombard, which is no longer there. R.I.P. Oh, it's a Pokeball place, probably. I think it's 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 one of those locations. You know, there, there's those locations we had these even in the town that we grew up in too, where like it's the locations that like changes every eight to you know sixteen months. And oh, that, yeah, yeah. That Taco Bell location is one of those spots where. Ever since that Taco Bell left, it's it's been like three or four other. Can times. we? Oh, I in in my private channel of stuff when we don't have anything to talk about, I, we need to tangle that for another week. Where haunted restaurant addresses is a thing that, yeah, th- th- there's some meat on that bone. Yeah, un- I feel un- like unlike a Taco Bell taco. Yeah, I feel like rest. Yeah, restaurants of all types, would but specifically fall into in that San category. Francisco. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, well, we'll talk about it another day, but um, but also a quick quick thing for Bay Area people is that uh, San Francisco is, is home to the Combo Yum brand stores, where most of the Taco Bells in San Francisco are also hybrid KFC Taco Bells. We don't have mm-hmm. Kentaco Huts, which is what they have out in like uh, Oklahoma and in the Midwest, where they have all three of the Yum brands properties where you have Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and KFC under one roof or hut if you will 
are are there any Pizza Huts in San Francisco? I don't I know if Pizza Hut is the big. Ba- well, no, there is. I a, don't, ooh, I, I, I know I this. Sorry, in there, I don't think there are any in San Francisco, but there is. This is very very old news, but um, do you remember the thing when Pizza Hut had a novelty pizza? Where the crust the, was made the out Bigfoot? of no the Bigfoot the, pizza. The crust was made out of uh, pigs in a blanket. <laughs> I, I not only do I know that, but I'm I'm pretty sure that I ordered one of those. Um, so this was back when I lived in the East Bay, but uh, um, I did not go get it. But somehow there one of a uh, uh, one of those appeared in front of me, and I did try it, oh. and it was disgusting. But I'm somebody who also. Um, and this is because this year's flying by, I am very much a proponent of pigs in a blanket and I, at the German washing machine will do elevated pigs in a blanket. And to put a hat on a hat, I will during the month of October do mummy dogs, which I feel like mm. for you and the kiddo, um, and, and the lady friend, you guys should try doing mummy dogs cause it's a delightful, um, cooking project and you can have, uh, the housemate do cause you make eyes with mustard and it's fun. I, I mean, I feel like there's there's an invitation in there somewhere that you just haven't extended yet. Oh, well, I have a 550 foot square square foot apartment, so you're you're welcome to. But I feel like people will be walking over each other. But uh, you and your wine fridge are welcome to host. But um, <laughs> it's not quite nice. a Rebecca wine fridge. But it's, it's not quite a Rebecca wine fridge. No, it's anytime you have a wine fridge like mine that's at you know well, ground level only. Well, up no, to, but that's you know. The, but you, but you have a you have a toddler wine fridge. Yeah, she is. She's dangerously close to being able to. Open that. Well, but that's the thing is, you eventually will have to then convert that into being like a Kirkland, uh, like juice pack, fridge, and you'll just have to figure that out. Yeah. Um. Wow, that was a lot of time. Forty four minutes on not what we were supposed to talk about. Cool follow up. I didn't order a phone. <laughs> you did though. I did order a phone, yeah. Um, so I got myself an iPhone 13 Pro Max in graphite because I'm boring. Can Although, I ask a question? What, what's, what color is your current phone? Uh, they also called the 12 Pro Max gray color graphite. Oh, so you, right? you didn't get Pacific Blue? I did not get Pacific Blue, no. I. What are your thoughts? I will give my thoughts and then you can give your thoughts. I, I think the graphite is a really ugly shade of gray. Do you like it? So let's, like, for real this time, tungle the color thing. I do want to come back to that. That's another thing I've got in well, my but, notes. But here. you have to tungle it because I'm not going to remember. I don't well, remember. I'll, I'll legitimately tungle it. But so and then to, again, don't um, forget about the restaurant thing. But we'll come back to that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're on the fourth layer of the onion i think okay mm-hmm. so with pre-orders so pre-ordering an iphone used to be a miserable experience it used mm-hmm. to involve their you know website going down and then even when they had the apple store app which took kind of a surprisingly long time to come out for a company that well, you in- know and in previous years, you just have the thing where, like, you had to just keep force quitting the app. Like, because because this was back in the heyday where, um, yeah. because we live in the one true time zone, um, it was midnight. It was a very reasonable hour for West Coast folks, and it was um, punishment for East Coast people because it was three a.m. 
Right. Uh, but you had to keep force closing the app because different CDNs didn't update, and it was it was a whole thing. Exactly. And then they eventually figured that out. That hasn't really been an issue for a number of years now. But then that issue was replaced with another one, which was if you were on the iPhone upgrade program. So if you're a customer who is probably like one of Apple's best customers where you're on this program, you're, you know, (laughs) needlessly upgrading your phone every year like I do. You, for the first at least year, it might have actually even been like first two years, the exchange process that happens where you trade in your old phone and then get your new phone had to happen in store. So you couldn't you couldn't just have the new phone shipped to you. You actually had to go to an Apple store on launch day, which, you know, I think you've been a part of a few of those. And that's maybe not as crazy as it used to be. But, you know, back in the day it was probably not really a time you wanted to be like in a store that was selling iPhones. And that was the only choice that you previously had. But they, you know, they fixed that where you could eventually have your iPhone upgrade program phone shipped to you. They would send you a box. You'd ship the old one back. But you would still sometimes run into this issue where when you went to check out for your new phone right at launch, you'd you'd have to go through like the whole loan approval process. And like sometimes that would get overloaded and error out. So it was still kind of like a touch and go kind of technical experience. And, you know, fast forward to this year, like Apple's got that all figured out now where if you're an iPhone upgrade program member, and I think you could actually even do this if you weren't on the iPhone upgrade program. And I think that part of it was new this year. You could literally just pick the phone you wanted, basically like put it in your cart. And then if you were on the upgrade program, you could also go through the credit check process for the loan, get all that out of the way, like at any time leading up to the actual pre-order start time. And then, you know, at, 5 a.m. Pacific time last Friday, all you had to do was open the Apple Store app, click a button, and you, and you were done. And that's that's you know, that's pretty nice. I mean, the 5 a.m. part, I don't love that, although it's only like an hour or so before I wake up anyway. But it, but you know, I could could I could you know go without that part of it. But um, I mean, I'm no I'm no 4 a.m. Tim Cook, but T Dog, <laughs> T Dog, right? Um, but yeah, anyway, I mean, the, the pre-order experience, I think has actually gotten really, really good. So Apple's gotten that right. But I want to come back to colors unless you had anything else on that. No, not at all. Okay. So the colors on both this year's iPhones and then also the watches, and it's, it's actually the watches that I'm a little bit more keen to talk about, but I will answer your question about the phones too. So the the phone the phones and the watches actually both have the same problem, which is if you're a boring person like me and you just want gray or black or stainless steel, you don't really have that option anymore. So like in the case of the phone, gray slash black although it really is gray the only option there is graphite and i i don't particularly care for the color like it's it's really not my favorite i don't think it's bad but it's not 
it wouldn't be my first choice. But it's I'm not really a a blue or a gold or I, I can't even think of what is the other pro color this year. Pacific. Uh, is no. it star? Is it starlight? No, it's it's uh, Pacific blue is what it was last year. It's I Sierra blue, Sierra gold, blue. graphite, and there's and a fourth one, right? No, just gold. The Mike Hurley phone. So there's only three colors. No, there's four colors: Sierra blue, S- silver or starlight, graphite, oh, and gold. Was well, it? Is it silver or gra- or starlight? I have no idea. I don't. I think pro. So sorry. Um, <clears throat> real quick, a uh, quick sidebar. I was driving up from Santa Cruz yesterday, and on 101, you know how you get all those wacky tech billboards? There were six billboards that for the iPhone 13 Pro coming through San Francisco, and the tagline for the iPhone 13 Pro is, oh, so pro, which is very, very bad. But no, the colors are, the one that they're really, really pushing this year is um, the Sierra Blue but I think Starlight is only in the 13. I think it's so just called Silver on the... Yeah, so I'm on the product page. It's Sierra Blue, Silver, Gold, or Graphite. It's only the 13 that gets the funky color names. So you're you're right. Yeah. So you can just get a regular Silver phone, at least if you get a 13 Pro. Um. So I, you know, I got graphite. It's it's not my favorite, but it's fine. But the the real reason I wanted to come back to colors is it's really starting to dawn on me that I'm going to have kind of an issue with the series seven. And we, I think we touched on this last week, but it, you know, reading some more articles about the series seven and listening to some podcasts has like really highlighted this, which is as a aluminum sports or um well it used to be called this the sport um version or edition or whatever but as an aluminum apple watch buyer i've you know i've always just gotten like the space gray and i've always been perfectly content with the you know aluminum finish like that's that's fine but space gray is gone and there's also no just like regular black or gray option and the only sort of similar option this year with the Series 7 with the aluminum finish is going to be Midnight. And everybody's been saying that it mostly looks like a dark gray, but that, you know, in certain light and from certain angles, there is a noticeable blue tint to it, which, which I, I, don't, I don't want that at all. I don't want blue in my, my Apple Watch. And so that's going to kind of present sort of a sort of a problem um, when I go to get my Series Seven, because then even also with the stainless steel finish, do they call that graphite? It's like regular and graphite, I think. Because I've been on the space black bandwagon for so long, I don't know because I feel like graphite became because all of the sport models are still called space gray but i think graphite emerged with the watch when they started doing the titanium business so i'm going to pull up in this nine to five mac article which we'll put in the notes as well so the stainless steel version comes in yeah silver gold and graphite and you know as we just established i'm not 
I'm not really the biggest graphite fan. Um, so then like now that kind of puts me into like, if I want just like a regular black color, I'm now all the way up into the titanium finish, which it seems like kind of silly to, to get that finish just for the color, but also sort of like not silly because I don't, I don't want my Apple watch to have a blue tint to it or be like a muddy down version of gray, which feels like kind of the only two options on either the aluminum or stainless steel finish. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, kind of like a messy, I don't know, kind of a messy situation with colors this year. Like it, it, it is, it's weird to me that Apple's chosen to not just offer silver and or gray. Like it's weird that you really do have to make sort of a opinionated color decision, especially on the the lower lower end models of both the watch and phone. Yeah, I I, I don't think this is like a um uh a new or a unique observation, but I do think it's it's the fact that new colors drive sales just because it is similar with whenever there's a redesign of a phone, it's obvious there's generally bigger sales numbers because in uh, one I think everybody likes but also certain uh, markets gravitate towards what looks new and not like the old thing. So even though nobody's going to see from just for like a, a passing glance that the notch is smaller on your phone to know that you have a 13 as opposed to a 12, but if you have an entirely different color, that's going to be more noticeable. So, I mean, like, I think that's probably why they do it, but I don't have a reasoning behind why they're all the gray colors have been so weird the past three years and there's just so much overlap and just weird mixing. Like I know Apple always is uh, messing with new materials, but yeah. And I'm also very sad that I I think there's no configurator yet, but I don't think the series seven comes in steel space black anymore. No, it doesn't. It's just, just graphite now. Um, And I know I'm, I'm totally fine with Apple trying out different colors and offering versions of their products with, you know, brighter, bolder, more unique colors. I I think all of that is great. I think the the new 24-inch iMac is the perfect example of a product that they offer in a lot of really cool colors, but they also offer it just in plain, you know, aluminum or silver. And I think that's what's missing here with both the watch and the phone where, I mean, great, have all these big, bright, bold, unique colors, like do that every year. Like that's totally great. I encourage that, but also offer kind of the safe option, you know, offer a regular aluminum and offer some kind of just boring dark gray. And they're, they're not doing that this year, at least with kind of the, the lower end of these product ranges. And that's that's the part of it that is weird, I think. Yeah. Cool. So again, what's storage capacity? 256. Yeah, makes sense. I don't I don't 
I can't. Yeah, I mean, I have buying five twelve or one to one uh, one terabyte. I, I so I you know especially now with you know the fancy camera and largely wanting you know basically all of those photos in my photo library, I I have to do the you know optimized storage option um, with my photos because otherwise I'd be way way over the two fifty six. But when you do the optimized storage option, I mean that that like dramatically reduces your photo library and mm-hmm. that's that's basically the bulk of my storage so i think i mean i can even i can look this up in real time here i'm only using like a a fraction of my 256 what is this here about? yeah i actually had to check this recently i mean i have 83 gigs free i have 189 gigs free woof you Apparently, probably have very aggressive podcast pruning. Oh yeah, Pocket Cast occupies like eighty gigabytes of my phone. Oh yeah, I think Overcast is five gigs for me or something. Yeah. Well, because you have no yeah. podcast debt. <laughs> I've, I've cleared out most of that now. Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. So the the pre order process was smooth for you. It was great. Yeah, the pre order process was yeah was about as good as it could be minus the 5 a.m thing like it's kind of to the point now where i don't especially with how much you can do ahead of that time with like the pre-authorization for the loan and picking out your specific model and carrier etc i don't even really know exactly why there's a pre-order time at all like why can't you just sort of anytime after the event put in your order and you're done with it Got it. The one weird part about this conversation that you, you you brought up twice is that I don't know why it feels awkward and weird to have uh, the, per- the the company that makes your phone the word "loan" entering into it. I don't know why that that the, that level always makes me feel icky from Apple. I don't know. It's it is it's kind of a weird structure. I don't even think of it as a loan. I just think of it as like a. It's a subscription. That's how I think of it. I think even in probably like my my Quicken budget, I think I literally even call my iPhone payment a subscription because I like that's what it is. It's just this fixed monthly thing that I pay. Yeah, but even in Apple's marketing, it literally says like, "Hey, like I think you posted a, a screenshot of the um, Apple Store app explaining how to make the process go." And like step four was get qualified for your loan. Now it's got to be. Marketing used to get on that and find a, a euphemism for that that sounds less uh, financial servicey. But isn't that that? I mean, that's sort of like it's like there's it always is, there's always been that part to phones, right? Where it used to be getting qualified for a like a service contract, and and then you get the phone like at a subsidy, and then now it's like that's largely gone away, and then now you're getting a loan for the full price of the phone. Yeah. I mean, kind of, or, yeah. Yeah. All right, and then in terms of uh, reviews, because we are already an hour. Um, I haven't looked too closely at this, but the takeaways, it seems like, the the one follow-up to last week, there was some hubbub about whether they'd hit a wall with processor power um, improvements, and apparently this one is maybe 10% faster, whatever. 
But apparently the battery life gains for this generation are real, which seems like a cool upgrade. And it seems like the uh, adaptive refresh rate up to 120 hertz is a nice improvement, but also not critical. Um, yeah, it's fine. It seems like very, 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 very much an S here. Yeah, very incremental for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, couple, I feel like Lost Carryover is probably going to get kicked down the road another week. Um, yeah. Oh, actually, ooh, we already tackled uh, Ted Lasso. I have not installed and probably will not install iOS 15 for a few weeks. Um, but you are very much a live on the edge and carpe diem and Drake, YOLO and, and the whatnot. So yeah, mm-hmm. you're probably on iOS 15 on all your devices now. I am. Mm-hmm. That's right. How's life in the yeah. future? Life in the future is good. Um, although I guess we could start the conversation by pointing out that it's actually easier than ever to not live in the future because <laughs> yeah, you, Apple's doing something a little bit different with iOS 15 where it it basically shows up as sort of like an optional update. So like when you go to software update, you're not just presented with iOS 15 and an update now button. Instead, at the top, it says, hey, your phone's up to date on whatever we're up to or we're up to 14.8 or whatever it was. And down below, it's like, hey, there's this optional update for iOS 15, which is, it's kind of interesting because you would think that would have been sort of like what they would have done with something like, a, what was it, iOS 7 that really dramatically changed the interface. Mm-hmm. And like iOS 15 is one of those updates that you could sort of install on somebody's phone and it would probably take them <laughs> some number of weeks, if not longer, to even know that their phone was updated. Um, but they've chosen to kind of take this more cautious view. Uh, but anyway, um, it's it's nice. Like, I, I mean, I've had it on my iPad the whole summer, which we've we've talked about. Um, and on the phone... Wait, Sorry, go back. I, I, I had installed the the public beta on my iPad. I made oh, I think it's on your phone. Okay. Uh, I I thought, I thought I said iPad. I meant to say iPad. And that you know the the marginally improved multitasking there is nice. Widgets on the home screen is nice. Um, you know, as we're <laughs> as we typically do, like you know, to crib a thought from Jason Snell. Like I, I thought his takeaway from iOS 15 and specifically iPad OS 15 is really good, which is Apple's really done the bare minimum here. And that's that's especially true on the iPad, where they've basically just brought last year's iPhone features, so iOS 14's features to the iPad without really catering or rethinking them to be better suited for the ipad and they've taken multitasking which is sort of this universally accepted limited feature and made it very very incrementally better and more serviceable in everyday use and that's that's kind of what they've done 
And like all that stuff is good. Like I mean, having widgets on the home screen is good. Being able to shove all your apps to app library is good. As I said earlier this summer, I think the improvements to multitasking are good. But it really is sort of like the bare minimum. And on the, on the um, not the watch, the phone, I can't even like in the three days I've had iOS 15 on my phone now, other than my Safari address bar being at the bottom. You didn't just immediately switch it back? I'm going to try to leave it at the bottom i think because as oh, well, a you're, you're a max person so maybe well yeah as a big ass phone user it actually it is kind of nice to have that at the bottom my my biggest issue is that it makes switching between devices weird like it's weird to only have one device where my web browser has the address at the bottom and it's at the top on all my other devices so i'm going to give it a week or two and see if I don't just get used to it. Um, but other than that, I really like, I couldn't tell you anything that's different about iOS on my phone. Like other than that, I'm not even sure I'd be able to tell you whether or not iOS 15 was installed on my phone. Can I ask a question? Are, are you, do you remember the, the focus feature or the, what, what, what is the thing that's called where, uh, there were apps that used to, this used to be called presence in enterprise apps um where it's basically like do not disturb on steroids isn't that an ios 15 are you excited about that feature have you explored that feature where it is an ios 15 i'm not excited about that feature like i i feel like i have a long history on the show of saying that i feel like features like this are band-aid for making notifications a, work a, the way you're supposed a to more well that and sort of just like a more kind of like root behavioral issue that maybe some people have mm -hmm. so like for me focus is just not something that i need because i i just don't allow many apps to send me notifications period like under any circumstance so for me, like in my day-to-day -day, when I'm at work or if I'm out at a restaurant or like whatever context, I don't really want a whole lot of notifications to be sent to me. Like that, that's just me at all times because I don't <laughs> allow many apps to send me notifications. So there's not really like a need to like, I don't know, to me, having the like having a setup where you feel like you're getting too many notifications and you're feeling overwhelmed by that and you're feeling like those are taking away focus that you should be putting towards work or sleep or whatever else that you then have to like go through this convoluted setup to like filter out during certain times of the day or when you're at certain locations like to me that just that that's insane to me like, I, I don't know why you wouldn't just fix the root problem. Well, I mean, so my understanding of, of one of the big things about focus is that you, you can, Ryan can set, not that we ever text, but you can set that Ryan's busy right now and that, and that you're working or you're in a different context. And that when I am in messages and I'm going to text you, I can see that you're already, you've designated that you're busy and somehow that's supposed to impact my oh, behavior. Oh, I've, I've, I've turned that off. 
that's when you upgrade to iOS 15 and you open messages for the first time. It asks you if you want people to be able to see when you're on Do Not Disturb or Focus Mode or whatever it's called now. Similar to how like whenever they first introduced read receipts and it you know it gives you the option to turn that on or off. I, I I've turned all that off because I I find that to be sort of like pretentious. Like if like if, if I feel like my time is so important that I have to tell the people who are messaging me that I've turned off notifications. Like, I, I don't know that if I were to get that from somebody that would sort of rub me the wrong way, I think. Mm. So you were not big into the AOL instant messenger away message. <laughs> I probably was at that time. Cause I probably wasn't thinking about it in the way that I do now, mm. but no, yeah. So focus is not, is not for somebody like me. I think a, a big part of that probably comes from being an Apple Watch user where mm. you know, if you're if yeah. you're somebody who's got a million notifications and and you unless you've gone through the process which you can do of saying like send this notification to my phone but don't send it to my watch. But like, assuming you haven't done that sort of curation, like you would drive yourself nuts Apple, if your wrist was buzzing all the yeah, time. Yeah, an Apple Watch will teach you real, real quick to tame your your notifications. Yeah, but there and are I, also, and I, but there, there are people yeah. who have an who buy an Apple Watch and don't have it on silent all the time. Well, that I'm that's that's, I mean, that's madness. There, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> quick sidebar when I um was setting up this Apple Watch SE that I'm that I've been using. <laughs> um I I set it up as a as a, a new install. I did I didn't, you know, restore from a backup. Um because my my old Apple Watch even before it it completely died was acting kind of weird and it was probably all hardware related, but I just wanted to have a clean start and there's not really a whole lot you have to set up on an Apple Watch anyway. But one of the things I was reminded of doing a fresh install is that it comes with sound on, mm -hmm. which is just like, that's, that's crazy. I, I don't, I don't even know why the Apple Watch. Well, I guess I know why it has a speaker. Cause if you want to do like phone calls or something, but I don't even know why that's on by default. Like it's, it almost feels like, system sound should be off by default on the apple watch mm -hmm. um but so anyway yeah focus is not that's not for me i feel like that's a a band-aid for more um root root issues that could be solved in different ways wow doc field <laughs> field stone or whatever jesus okay judgy much okay <laughs> Um, to be honest, I don't really know what this is. Something, something, one password. I, 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 I only say good for this because just because I, I feel like everybody is. I feel like all the all the all the Mac people are being all sassy and and lame about one password recently, and one password's great. So I hope. Apparently, there's a big iOS update for it that makes it more full featured. I haven't tried it, and I don't really know, but give. One password, thirty six dollars a year, and it's it makes your life easier. Yeah, so I don't I don't recall 
if this was mentioned during WWDC, but then was sort of drowned out with all the other noise around Safari, or if this was just a feature that was on a slide somewhere, or I don't know what the origin of this is, but apparently with iOS 15 and iPadOS 15, Apple has significantly enhanced the extension architecture around Safari and has basically brought it in line with the updates they had made on the Mac a few years ago. And so it it now enables, you know, almost like full standalone apps within Safari as an extension, which is what 1Password's been doing on not only Safari, but Chrome and you know, basically every other web browser on the Mac and Windows, et cetera, for a while now, which is through the 1Password extension on your laptop or desktop or whatnot, you can basically run a full version of 1Password and generate passwords and create new logins, autofill existing logins, et cetera, like all within your browser without ever opening like the true standalone 1Password app. But that's that's never been possible on the phone or um, iPad. But now with iOS 15 and I and iPad OS 15, it is. So now you basically have the same experience on the iPhone when you're in Safari as you would have in Chrome or Safari or whatever you're using on the Mac, which is which is really neat. Cool. You mean like the old system felt weird because wasn't there a thing where like on iOS 14, one password would kind of like synchronize like a version of your password database with like the native iOS app. And then there'll be like a thing that popped up on the, it was very, it was, it was a little inelegant. Well, there was a lot of jumping in and out of Safari into one password and back into Safari. And, you know, now the idea is that through this extension, you you can basically just stay in Safari and access most of you know one password's functionality. Hmm. Oh cool. All right. Um any other iOS stuff or call it quits on Apple for a week? No, I think I think that's it. All right. Yeah, let's let's uh let's wrap this up. Uh only other thing is that uh that I saw this week that was interesting is that apparently there are new Kindles uh that just came out which are unfortunately it's the entry level models which are called the Paperwhite. But Yeah, the, I'm I'm sorry. I I sent you a bunch of excited responses thinking oh, that this is what you wanted, but Did you? Um, my Slack has a bug right now where it doesn't ever alert me if somebody replies to a thread. And it's very, it's a very frustrating bug. Oh, yeah. I, I, You're I very sent good you, at the thread replies. I, <laughs> that's, yeah, probably a, um, yeah, I use Slack a lot at work, let's say. Mm. Um, I, I sent you a Verge article, which we'll put in the notes. And, um, I I thought I did like USB-C is like right in the headline of this Verge article. So I thought, oh, great. You know, Carlos finally has his USB-C Kindle, but it's the crappy it, one. Well, which, which the they've made paper white one better. Yeah. But it's not the Oasis, right? I mean, you, how, how are you, how are you going to read on a low end device? It's like the words don't even, the page don't even count. Okay. 
I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, but the paperweight, it's fine. I just, I want, I like the sleeker design that the Oasis, like I read a lot and the Oasis is nice. So, but my big complaint about it is that it's a US, it's a micro USB device. And because like, I mean, how, how big is the market for a $300 e-reader? Probably very small. So I, I don't know when they're going to update the Oasis, but the fact that the uh, Paperwhite got its first major update in multiple years is interesting and promising. And um, yeah, I'm hoping that it reaches the Oasis sometime soon. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the USB-C thing is really nice. The color temperature thing does nothing for me. <laughs> no, because that's the thing. They, they did do kind of like a stealthy update or an incremental update. They did a kindle oasis s for the um for the e-reader and all they did was make it that the color temperature at like night was different and i have zero complaints about that like my my sleep is already fucked it's it the fact that i'm reading a kindle that has not yellow enough light is not the reason i'm not able to get a full eight hours of sleep so yeah the fact that the, the fact that i have to wonder if i'm plugging a micro usb cable in Right side up, that's what's keeping me up at night. So fix that, not the color temperature. Yeah, I, mean, I think if you go way back in the the archives, we've talked about this. I feel like this whole true tone or you know whatever you want to call it technology only works if literally every screen you look at is following kind of the same logic mm -hmm. because that's that's what really broke to true tone for me with my devices is not every device i have is true tone right like you know the monitor i'm sitting in front of right now is not you know and so like this the second that you look away from your true tone device and go back to something that doesn't support it you're like oh yeah this is different well because your immediate thought is oh god why is my phone so yellow it's broken yeah but right but also uh from a photography standpoint that is one of the things where newer macs i think do at least macbooks do support true tone to a degree but yeah but if you have is, them connected to an external monitor they don't well but the problem is like if you're editing photos on it true tone what it's doing is adjusting color temperature and you generally do not want your like so at night you're gonna improperly edit your photos so that everything compensates for the fact that your screen is artificially extra yellow like that that is the problem with i i feel like true tone breaks down for non-mobile devices i think for phones and ipads it's fine but for actual computers come come at me ipad people i don't give a fuck um that is where it doesn't necessarily apply but i mean your your point i, I is is very very true about if you're switching, if you're looking at your phone and you go to a non-true uh, tone impacted monitor, it's, it is probably a jarring experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. You got anything else pressing or wrap this up? Um, I guess we can look at the notes here. No, I don't really think there's anything super yeah. time sensitive. We, we we got we got some rumors about the iPhone 14, but that's there's plenty of time for those rumors to uh, those rumors to <laughs> to cook in their uni ovens or whatever. 
nice i mean considering that the 13 iphone 13 is not even yeah out yeah 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 all right uh so yeah we'll we'll just keep the lost carryover going for another week but yeah chef specials no i don't really i don't really have one (gasps) this week to be honest oh um if i'm gonna give like a really lazy repeat one i i guess it would be sonos continues to be really good um Mm -hmm. have been been using that in um as you would say like a few different contexts around the house recently and (laughs) it's 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 really good The, the whole home the whole home whole home audio thing which is kind of a mouthful is um is is really nice um i i i'm not ever like like completely blown away by sound quality i would say even like with my arc it sounds good like i know that like um dan morin just got one and he's been writing about it a little bit and he he's talking about how he's just like blown away by the sound quality of the arc and i'm like yeah it's it's okay it's it, it's no it's 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 better than okay it, it's it's good but it's not great and i think i could probably say that about all of the sono stuff i have but i'm also not somebody who's super picky about sound and just the convenience and flexibility that sonos provides is it's really nice yeah so so yeah that's my pick yeah good uh I am actually going to, eh, well, no, I'll save it for another week. Okay, that's fine. Uh, there's one thing that did not make, did not make the um, the docket that I didn't intend to talk about, but we'll, we'll save it for another week, which is the fact that, because um, you, you got me, because uh, the Sonos thing uh, dovetails into the smart home stuff, and I feel like Alexa might be dead to me, because Amazon seems hell-bent on making the Echo Show a bad device, but we will save that for next week. Um. My pick is going to be, and I, you can tell me if we already talked about this. I don't think we did. Have we talked about Detroit, uh, Detroit style pizza on the show? I think that's just been an offline online conversation. Okay. So for people in the Bay area, um, they should try a place called square pie guys Ooh. Uh, because it's, it's very, very good. And they should not try a place called Acre Pizza. Which, oh no! Which used to be so. There in in Sonoma County, there uh, in Petaluma, there used to be a coffee shop or a chain of coffee shops called uh, Acre Coffee. And uh, this was not a pandemic pivot. This happened in the very very start of 2020, but it was not a pandemic thing. They pivoted to making uh, their coffee shops into um, Detroit style pizza shops. And Detroit style pizza, if for the uninitiated, is basically it has like a very like you bake it in basically like a bread pan sort of, and you get if you're doing it properly, you're doing very 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 crispy sides that have like a lot of butter attached to it, so it caramelizes and you get kind of like a very um, fat heavy like edge to it, and it's it it's it's pretty interesting. Um, it's a good it's a good uh, foil to like your little stars and your um, Chicago style pizzas, but acre pizza 
stinks. I've, I tried it. It was very bad. I had I had high hopes for it because because Petalu- oddly Petaluma is sometimes more easy to get to than San Francisco or Oakland. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Acre Pizza sucks. It was it, it was not good. Oh, it's so disappointing. Yeah, it was because because you're you're all about your what, what's the place in Sebastopol? The Barlow. Yeah, yeah, you're always chatting it up, and I've only been there once to get some spirit works, and I'm again I'm off the the bourbon bandwagon, so. Yeah, Square Pie Guys though is fucking great. It's it's so good. Um you get yourself like you can get uh, the one that I enjoy is called the 6 by 8. It's just a classic pepperoni Detroit style pizza. It's very very good. There's one that's in downtown like near Civic Center Oakland, which is in a good spot. And then there's one in San Francisco, which is the one that I've gone to the past two times. And uh a quick pro tip for those in the know. Um it's it's in an area that has opportunity. It's um it's a, it's at near uh, Eighth and Mission in San Francisco. So uh plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. But um it's really 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 good. Like absolutely nothing bad to say about it. Strongly strongly encourage people to try it. It's delicious and reasonably priced. Like I I I feel like pizza places in the bay have gotten a little nuts on pricing it's like 20 to 24 dollars depending on which pizza you get where a lot of bay area pizzas has crossed the 30 dollar threshold which is too much they make a dessert pizza oh uh, no is this it's this is a, they make a moscato pizza i'm not down with this no it's peach monkey bread I, woof, I I don't like peaches in anything. It's why I avoid the state of Georgia. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, click to order. I do like that they make you double confirm that you're going to the location in Soma, which is which is smart. So you don't your pizza's not in Oakland, and you don't have to pay the seven dollar bridge toll. Um, I've been meaning to try the um the spicy Ellen, but the six by eight is. The really really good one i also did try this week um on sunday their cheesy bread which was also very good but um it's very uh it, it's appropriately not nutritious sure yeah 